And we are recording. How you doing, everybody? And welcome to the BM show. This is episode number 96? Five? I think 96. Um, no. Good. Uh, ni- good's 97. Then Matt's 98. Ugly's 99. And then, yeah, so this is 96. Okay. And... Excuse me. We don't need any of that happening on the show. I am playing in the YouTube oh, I thought, audio I thought library. My, I'm sorry. I thought my mic was muted. I'm never muted. I think it's a bear is what that actually is. All right. So, so I, gotta, I just got to do this, Ben. I got to jump in for a second. Tonight's this or that. The um, the number one on iTunes version of Let's Go Brandon, or the number two on iTunes version of Let's Go Brandon. I I only listened to one of these Let's Go Brandon songs, and they're it was horrible. <laughs> I'm like, if it wasn't for the fact that what it, the the saying actually means, does nobody would even want to listen to this dumb song? Yeah, but I gotta say, there's actually something good about this that. I do want to point out is that this really shows that the music industry needs us, but we don't need the music industry because both of these were like, you know, they weren't made by like a produced by some big music company or not. They're just some dudes recording it themselves on their own. Yeah, they were. They, they could have been on the the YouTube audio library for all we know. Yeah, and, and I mean, but that's really cool because I mean, number three, they knocked Adele out, and and you know that the music industry is just fuming over that. Like this is our money, money. So I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, it shows that at least the people have still have power. Oh, yeah, but it, it, this, this type of stuff happens from time to time. Like, remember yeah. when uh, that awful singer was on one of those um, shows? Like, um, not America Got Talent. What's the other one, the vo- the singing one? Macy Gray was on a singing show? No, 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 no. Someone worse than her. Uh, American Idol. They had this Asian guy on. Who could... Oh, yes, yeah, William Hung? Yeah, and all of a sudden, like, his album became number one. And it was like... Yeah. You know, so this type of stuff happens. It's yeah. just, it, it's these are what they call a flash in a pan. And mm-hmm. what you have to be smart with is if you are one of these people who um, comes out with one of these songs and you make a good chunk of money, you are not a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they call it a flash in the pan. Yeah. Don't become a dipshit. Don't become an asshole. Just, you know. Put the money away, pay for your kid's college, pay for your own college. I don't know. Whatever you want to start a business, buy a car. I don't know. But don't blow it. Don't be like, you know, all of a sudden getting 20 cars and two houses. And But you know who actually is going to win out on this really is Brandon. Because people are going to be like, you know, the famous people are like, yeah, I'm so awesome. I got a song written after me. Brandon's going to be like, well, guess what? I got two. At the same time. So he kind of wins. Mm. Even though it's technically not about him. But, you know, that's another thing. 
Well, there, there's people. I mean, are there still people who are trying to spin that it's about him? Like it, the the, 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 the the that race car driver honestly think that those people were chanting his name because the reporter said so. I, I don't think so. I think everyone knows the meaning of it now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, now it's become a whole thing where like you can get T-shirts with the saying on it. So I'm like actually thinking about getting one. If anything, just to have like something like a memento from 2021. Oh yeah, because <laughs> no one's gonna remember this next year. Yeah, what exactly. matters. Um, <laughs> All right, so why don't we go ahead and get us started here? All right, so I gotta pull up my list. I was just looking at it. I, oh, I didn't have to pull up like the program. Like it's just on one of my open windows here. All right, so first of all, um, these are my. Um, <clears throat> That my extraordinary playlist, as I've been calling them on the uh, calling the episodes, whenever we do one of these, we're starting off with Scorpion's Winds of Change. I thought it was Wind of Change. Is it Wind of Change? Winds of Change. The song is Wind of Change. Hold on, let me click on it and see what it says. Wind of Change. Wind Wind of of Change. Windows, window change, changing your windows. So this is when you upgrade your Windows operating system. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I thought you were talking about like changing your actual windows on your home. <laughs> no, that's a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, so this is Winds of Change by Scorpion. Scorpions, they are a German rock band, if you didn't know. Uh, you could actually listen to it when he's singing. He, uh, he tends to pronunciate the words incorrectly. Uh, maybe, you know, putting the, uh, uh, going for the wrong syllable or whatever, just c- common stuff that you would hear, especially I, I've heard in my life listening to people who are from Germany speaking English. I thought they were Russian. They're no, they're German. Okay. So this song here is the theme that they used. I'm watching the video now. You can actually see it in the video um, of the Berlin Wall coming down and the, reuni- the reunification of East and West Germany. And Gorky Park's in Russia, though. What's that? Gorky Park is in Russia, right? Because he mentioned, he mentioned Gorky Park. Well, they're, they're mentioning yeah. stuff that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about Russia kind of stuff. Well, like, well, the Soviet Union were the ones who were in Germany. They were, they, they, you know, if you know the history, that, that it was owned by, was run by the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union are the Russia. Anyway. The reason this song is on this list is because it always makes me think about the reunification of Germany. I was like a teenager at the time, but I remember like it just, even though like I'm not living there, I'm living here and everything and someone eating their chips right now. Jeez, dude. Sorry. Oh my gosh, dude. Did you eat the mic with him? Dude, he mutes himself every single episode. Sorry. I'm I'm actually trying to get work done. I'm I'm actually working on something right now. It's okay. Are you I'm listening to chips. <laughs> That's the next episode. It's, He's working on some Pringles. <laughs> yeah, it's um, <laughs> when you let out the air out of your bag because it's got too much air in it. That's the winds of change or wind of change. Sorry. Okay, go on. Okay. So yeah, it reminds me of the. <laughs> Damn it, dude! I'm trying to get it. this is this is a song that has deep meaning for me. Dude. He's got me going with this. Okay, 
Dude, I'm tired, dude. It's midnight here. Um, so, yeah, uh, it reminds me of the unification of Germany. It brings up patriotic pride. It's my mother's homeland, and that's why this song's on this list. Okay. Long story. So, just so you know, Barrett just added. So we're, we're actually, just to let you know, Barrett, we're on the first song. Yeah. We're oh, on sweet. Yeah. yeah, that's great. All right. So, that was wonderful. I just finished, so go ahead. All right, so I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say... I remember when the song was like super big, like on MTV and everything like that. And it always, it always did. And it always will remind me of when the children cry. It feels exactly the same as when the children cry. You mean, has, what's that? You mean like an actual child is crying in front of you? Or is this the name of a song called When Children Cry? When the children cry. Oh, okay. I think like you're saying, like, I really hate this song. It's like a child crying in front of me. No, no. It just, which, you know, When the Children Cry was was an awesome song. When the Change is an awesome song. Mm. They just, they're the same to me. They, they, and they have that heavy message to them. Yeah. and, and what I think when it change, what it does is so well is it has that whistling, you know, rhythmic motif that is stuck in your head. You're going to remember it and, and you're going to be whistling it. But it's still to me, it's just that the two are just like the same song. Mm. Yeah, my buddy at work, he whistles it every once in a while. I hear him like just working it all. <laughs> I wonder if the song would even be anywhere near as big without that whistling part. If you just took that out and just threw out the song then, if anyone would have really cared as much. Would we be talking about it right now? Probably not. Yeah. No, but that, that is really the hook. And that's what they call yeah. it. That's the hook. That's the thing that sticks in your head. Yeah. Well, Barrett. Matthew. Oh man, so yeah, I I love this uh, song as well. Big fan of Scorpions, and and it's interesting you picked this. Uh, this also has, I, I think, is a good choice in the sense that uh, it's a really exemplary of this topic. Like mm-hmm. it is, I think it evokes a lot of emotion in general, and then also specifically for me, it evoked a lot of emotion just because uh, I also remember this time, and uh, like there was a scene that that I'll never forget when. Like the, back in the day when they used to have TV screens in storefronts, you know, and people would walk by on the street and see things mm-hmm. on the TV. Uh, you know, we were walking by with my, my sister and my mom, and uh, my mom saw the news clip of it on the TV screen and just like broke down and saw it because like her family came and actually escaped under the wall. Mm. But in the process of escaping to the West, uh, all but her and her parents were killed. Oh. So she lost seven relatives then. And- uh, yeah, that's... There, there's, like, I watched a whole documentary about, like, it was all about all the attempt, like, all these attempted escapes. It was all about the successful ones. That um, Not all of them, but, like, a, a collection of them. They couldn't do all of them. They, we, I, I'd still be watching it. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> all, a handful of successful ones. Some, some of the more, I guess, more noteworthy ones. And one of them, like, a guy, he, he built a glider and just glided across the border. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's like some of them sound kind of dumb, but when they, they this this you know when, when they this tells you like like I you know I said he built a glider and he just but but they actually went into detail about how he had to go about making the glider, hiding the glider from inspection, you know, planning it so they had to make sure the winds go in the correct direction, and how like even like with all his planning, he barely made it over the wire, and it's, it was like you know. It, you hear about all these stories about like these people they just wanted to get out and it, you know people they interviewed them and they, uh, some of them and they were like if only I knew a day before they were gonna put the damn wall up I would have been over the wall already I was just <laughs> you know like and they, they all like you know like oh, I just wanted to spend one more night with uh, or, or I was like I was spending a night with my girlfriend or, or something like oh, I wish I wanted she would have spent the night at my house because we would have been free you know it's like at least it's sad tales. Like literally, people were saying, like, you know, I spent the night at my relative's house, and because I spent the night at my relative's house, it fucked my whole life up. Yeah. <laughs> and then when seeing the wall come down on on the TV, like I, you get it in your head that it is this way, and it's always going to be this way. And to see it change, and you're like, I can't believe this is different now. It's like almost like how probably most of the world felt last year with COVID. Like all of a sudden, like everything's different. It's never going to be the same again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mom to this day, she still sends stuff to West Germany. She'll still put West Germany on the on the address because to her, for how like a good chunk of her life, it was West Germany. So, all right. Matt, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, it's a cool song. I like it. I was liked it a long time ago. It's a good song. Um, sorry, uh, you know, the, uh, the whole bag of chips kind of like <laughs> took out your whole, you know, people died, you know. Matt, the, the man of many words when it comes to songs. It's a cool song. I like it. I did it. Yeah, heard- sorry about the people that died, you know, and your chip joke, you know, sorry. All right, All right let's hear some notes. <laughs> All right. Number two on our countdown. Oh, Mike, did you go? Yeah, I did. Okay. Number two on our countdown is Neil Young with Old Man. Uh, this one was just like uh, a song I learned how to play. Um and just like the words, uh, especially like in my mid twenties, like I, I kind of like really felt the words of this song, and it's just about like, you know, sometimes like you sit there and you can just like reminisce about stuff, and you think about like where you are in your life and what got you there and where you're gonna go, and 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 here, um, an old man is he's talking about his dad, and he's thinking about like, you know, uh, how he, oh man, look at my like. I'm a lot like you were like he's comparing himself to like how he come like, to his father and maybe like doesn't feel that he not, not too happy about it. Maybe, you know, it's like when you see yourself in someone else and you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Do you mind if I jump in now or do you want to say more? Yeah, go ahead. This also reminds me of a song, just like the last one reminded me of when children cry. This one reminds me of Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, the the way that the song is, and the the way that the the words and everything, it just reminds me of Castle and Cradle. And another thing, I'm glad you said the thing. Other thing I want to mention about the song that that is a song that you learned how to play. Um, I'm glad you brought that up as well because this song really shows you the power of one and two, three and four. You know, oh, boom, yeah. boom, ta, boom, boom, ta, boom, boom, ta. 
that's it's i mean that's a crutch for uh, many 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 famous songs because it's such a powerful rhythm mm-hmm. everyone knows dun 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 you know and this song just 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 leads it everywhere oh yeah he's he's um neil young is very easy to learn um he's very he's very simple with the songwriting uh it, it, it's it's not this isn't a knock against him because his stuff is really good um because you, you don't have to be complicated and he's yeah. a perfect example of that and i was like just thinking um i completely lost my point now damn it i'm tired i had a point i wanted to go into all right go ahead next I'm done. you're done barrett uh, I mean, I don't really have anything to add. I think it's a great choice. Like, for all the reasons we just mentioned, it's a very emotional song. And that's the point of this discussion, right? Is just songs mm-hmm. that grab us for one reason or another. And I think this one grabs both because of the lyrics and because of that that simple construction that just strikes a chord with people. Oh, I remember what it was. Neil Young, okay, so I'm, like, I'm in college and we're like, in, I'm hanging out. In the, okay, it doesn't matter what I was doing. I'm watching... Com- I'm watching Comedy Central. They're showing an old SNL, and Neil Young comes on to do the musical number, and he does. It wasn't this song, but he does this slow, depressing song that killed the audience. I was waiting for an NBC executive to come out on stage and just yank him off. <laughs> wow. I'm like, because you're watching the rest of the show and it's all comedy and the crowd's really into it, and I was say, ladies and gentlemen, Neil Young. And he kills the audience. <laughs> so that was like one negative thing I had to say about Neil Young is that they at that one time he killed all that and this that stupid Toblerone uh, player that he was trying to uh, trying to sell everybody the snake oil. You guys seen that thing, right? No. Neil Young, he was selling that that. MP3 player, you guys saw that, right? Nope. No. You never saw that? Oh, well, look into it afterwards. It's a, it's a yeah, whole, we'll do. You want, it's like, it's a ridiculous amount of money and, excuse me, yeah, <laughs> just, it's just not worth it. Matt, Barrett, yeah. oh, Barrett, yeah. Matt. Okay. It's cool. No, I'm just kidding. It's, you know, it's, it's an awesome song. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty uh, classic. Uh, I like it a lot. It's, uh, um, it's pretty deep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I praise. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, shit. I gotta say something more than last time. Uh, pulls the Thoris out. <laughs> Metallica Sanitarium. This was a song that when I when I was on the school bus, I would I would play it on my uh, my Walkman. And even though you know the song's coming on because you put the tape in, it it still made my hair the hair on my arm stand. That beginning guitar riff, that boom, ding, 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 and it it's just I never really paid attention to the words, mostly just the medley and how it just like I said would give me goosebumps listening to it. Just that one part in the beginning. Doesn't really do it as much now, but when I was a kid. Okay. Okay. All right, so Ben, 
Yo. You to Counting Crows is me to Metallica. I <laughs> do not like this group. I do not like them at all. I would like them more. Well, I would like them more if they axe their drummer and their singer. Boom, just take them out. Bye. You're done. Um, I do their guitarist, you know, the, the Kirk Hammond. Hammond, thank you. Uh, he's an awesome guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess their, their their bassist was really good. The original bassist they had uh, at doing a lot of of, of um, writing and and change ups and stuff like that. You're talking about Cliff or Jason Newstead? He's about Cliff. Cliff, yeah. Yeah, Jason's um, good too. But unfortunately, you know, he passed away, and then they got the the next bassist, which I just remember like, yeah, check out this bassist. I'm like, oh, I'm not impressed with that at all. Um, so I'm gonna say about this song, um, I do like the guitar work. Mm. However, I don't like the solo. And sometimes I don't like Kirk solos because it's just, you know, and, and I just, a lot of those I can't connect with. When you got to the bridge, I think it was after the solo was a bridge, I felt like just a disconnect from mm. the whole thing. Um, I, it, it, I, I was kind of into it I was because of the guitar work. But then at that point, I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I've, gone as far as I want with this one. I just want to check out at this point. I waited to the ending and what did I get at the ending? The and and I don't really blame them for this because it's a cliched ending. Everyone does it. It's the um well what do we do? Yeah. How do we end this? <laughs> you know, just type of ending is play as fast as you can. I, I I'm you know it's uh, it's it's overused but I mean I I don't. I can't blame them for doing that, but it's just it's kind of hurt. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Do 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 turn. So, but that's just my. At least, at least they end. I hate it when like a song ends and it's just them fading out, constantly playing. Which Metallica also does in a lot of their songs. I don't like that. It's like end the song, and you end the song on the same note you start on. Not hard. You take it, you slow it down a little bit, slow it down a little bit more, and then boom. Try ending on the on a try ending on like a seventh chord. Or whatever. Yeah. Just end the song. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. There's a there's a, a guy I listen to a podcast where he talks about like lazy booking and wrestling, and it's like when they don't know how to end a schmaz, they just have them fight until they're off camera. <laughs> and that's the same thing. That's how the songs are. They just fade it out. Mm. Anyways, um, next. That's all for me. All right, I'll step in. So in Metallica's defense, they have a shit ton of songs. So they're going to have to use a variety of endings. You know, like There's, there's only yeah. so many ways to end a song. So I, I'm not too upset with them that they change it up every now and then. They, you know, when you got 200 songs or whatever, like. Well, yeah, I mean, in defense of music in general, you've got all these the songs anyway, and there's only a, a few ways you can end it. End songs anyway. I mean, you've got... Everyone nails a one. Everyone just plays as fast as they can. You got to fade out. You got one instrument ending it. I mean, there's there's only a certain amount of ways you can do it. I understand. 
I, I think, but this just the uh, the stuff to me is just like, all right, they're just doing that to because they couldn't figure out how to make the other ways work. And that's not just with Metallica. This that's with every group that does it, even groups that I like that do it as well too, because there are groups I like to do it. So, so that's just in, in defense in, in music in general. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so I say I I am hugely in. I would say I think Metallica is the well. I don't want to get in too much into battling over that because it's not really what the point of this particular series of podcasts is. I say it's it's a great choice. You know, it is an emotion evoking song. You know, and it makes you feel like like I mean, I also was taken by it by everything part of it, the beginning part. But also the whole thing it takes you on kind of a musical journey, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and and I really feel it, and I and I think that the the change ups that they have work with the story, and, yeah, and it that's... actually kind of reinforces the message and the lyrics about you know is what we do with the so called you know insane or crazy people, is this really helping them, or mm-hmm. is it just a convenient way of locking them out of sight? Yeah, the. Um... The bass player, the original bass player, Cliff Burton, was uh, he was he ran a, like a good chunk of this album. So like, if you were to like listen to one Metallica album ever, this Master of Puppets would be the album to listen to because I think it's their best album. And it was like he had like the biggest hand in it. And then of course he died right on the tour for this album. Yeah, and, yeah, rip. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least he died instantly. That was good. Yeah, it was smashed by a bus. Yeah. The bus turned over on him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bus turned over on him. He was in the top bunk, and I, I think it was, like, the impact of coming, uh, like, falling out of the bunk and whatever he fell into. You know, stuff like that. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, so I guess it's me now. Yeah. Matt Talica. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's a cool song. No, no, it's good. It's awesome. It's actually one of my uh, old old school favorites and stuff. Um, and listening to it, I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember why I love this song. Mm. Um, the uh, first the guitar solo, of course, something Mike hates is something I'm gonna love about it. <laughs> it's classic, <laughs> classic. Some of the best stuff, you know. Um, but uh, of course, sometimes does is you know cheesy, you know, when he goes all you know some fast bluesy stuff, you know. But um, uh, Let's see, the uh, the the motion of the song is, is just like, you know, Metallica has done some stuff. Like before that, they had you know, Fade to Black was was their was their semi ballad song that comes in all you know powerful at times, just like this one. And 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 that's when they kind of started finding their their um, you know dynamic, you know, the dynamics, uh, you know, and um, yeah, this is this is like them you know really getting into their groove so yeah this is, this is really good stuff um um yeah james hetfield you know um he uh I, I loved i loved him back in the day but i don't know he's a little cheesy but like this this song he pulls it off well it's it's it's, it's pretty simple he's not yeah yeah and all that stuff and, yeah i watched they did a video uh it was a movie called some kind of monster and it was uh the making of one of their albums and it's an album like i swear i don't even think i've ever even heard one of the, heard his album that they were making because like at that point i didn't care but i just was um 
I think it was just bored and had Netflix and it was on Netflix or something. And it was, um, but it was interesting to watch because at the time James Hetfield was fighting his alcoholism and he had a whole thing where he was only able to do stuff like three hours a day or something like that. And the rest of the time he had to devote to the program, I guess. And it was the whole, like the whole band was so frustrated because they could only work like he because he was such a control freak. They could only work while he was there. Mm. And he's only there for a couple hours, you know, and that was what really much what the whole movie was about. And it's like this band went from like this. It's a, the whole thing of like this happens all the time. Like it's all this cool band that had a couple good albums now has all these albums. Where, like I just said, I didn't even li- I, I don't even know what album this was. I probably haven't heard it. Because like there's like Star Wars, but now there's 20 Star Wars movies and nobody gives a <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like take your money and just go home, make room for somebody else. Go home. Yeah. No, no I, I mean, although I haven't really listened to much of their stuff after uh, the Black Album, which which I didn't like as much as Master Puppets, but it's still good stuff. Um, I I never really listened to their other stuff. I was kind of tempted to occasionally, but. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, uh, but I give him credit for trying, you know, and, and I heard some of their stuff today is pretty good. But uh, guys, it's like Ozzy Osbourne released a new album this year. Who the fuck wants to listen to an Ozzy Osbourne album? Really? He still has fans. Just like Metallica had yeah, a shit ton of fine, fans back in the day. They, but they want to hear the Blizzard of Oz. They don't want to hear this new shit. Well, people will buy it. That's why they make it. Yeah, you're going to get some people who are, like, super fans. Like, yeah, I have all the ACDC albums. I don't do that for any other band. But, I, you know, the guitar riff is always the same riffs over and over again. You can really listen to an ACDC album and still get the same experience every time. And you know, it's like... we got to kind of keep on track here. So. Yeah, yeah, all right. Let's, let's before, wait, before we move on, I do want to do something really quick. I want to score this between the four of us in James Hetfield style. So here's how James Hetfield would score this between the four of us. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> score again. I am the table. Um, <laughs> oh, somebody got that. Good. <laughs> do we have to do these in order? Uh, it's up to you, I guess. Okay, good. I, I the the song here. I'd like to move this one to the end and just go on to Alice in Chains with Rooster. Okay. Mm, yeah. This one here is. This brings me back to summer camp. I think I talked about this before, where like there was every like every summer during summer camp, there'd be music playing, and that one and one summer Alice in Chains, like the one I spent the most time at the camp, Alice in Chains was huge, and I must have heard the Rooster and uh, Angry Chair, and all these songs over and over and over and over again. It's like, I never owned the album growing up, but I felt like I did. Because I heard other people playing it so often. And, uh, yeah, now it's like something that we have, uh, our, uh, we have a station called Radio 104, and they became really popular in the 90s playing, at the time, modern rock. And then uh, they became a classic rock station and everybody dropped them. So now they went back to it. So now they're just a 90s rock station literally playing the same set list they did 20 years ago. And like, yeah, Alice, this is, and you, I would once in a while put it on and listen and hear like stuff like Alice in Chains and stuff like that. And like I said, go back to the 90s. So, Mike. Yeah. Okay. 
So going, this does take me back um, because I remember when they came out with Them Bones, which was like their first actual single from the song or from the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will, I will let you know, when we are talking about that perfect album, Dirt is one of the albums that I was in consideration of, of putting up on it. And I remember when I got the album, I heard Rooster for the first time. I'm like, oh my gosh, this song is freaking amazing. It's phenomenal. By far the best album, song on the album. Mm. As time went on, I started liking other songs more. And I got to the point where I, I maybe it's because I heard it so much, I look at Rooster as the worst song on the album. It's a good song. And it, it does take me back. It reminds me of, of soccer and everything. Um, but it, I, it, I think it's, to me, it's one of those songs that as time moves on, it doesn't age as well because I think it's, it, it is overplayed. And mm-hmm. whenever, I, I'll randomly start singing a song from the Dirt album. And over the past year, I can tell you, I probably, I really haven't done that with Rooster. I've done that with every other song I can think of. Just, it pops in my head for some reason and I start singing it, but I don't with Rooster. Mm. Um, I still recognize it as a really good song though. Yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of looking at that whole album. I just want to list, didn't want to list the whole album. So I just picked like, okay, which song did it? Like, what's the first one that comes into my head? Rooster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see, I, I can see that too when I first picked it up. Yeah, um, but it, it's, it's to me now, it's not this. It's, it's the weakest song of the album. All right, well, I'm gonna jump in and get us back on topic. So, you know, maybe say some of those thoughts for when we're talking about weakest and strongest songs on albums. But as far as just emotion evoking, I think it's hands down. I mean, you can pick most Alice in Chains songs, especially just because of the vocals. Like, Lane Staley put tons of emotion into his vocal delivery. But I think this song really does a good job of evoking emotions mm-hmm. because you have you have that guitar work, the, the really low, low-tuned guitar that is really just haunting. But then on top of that, you get the extra haunting feeling and melancholy and sadness and depression of their... Uh, the uh, their vocal arrangement. Yeah. How uh, they would. Uh, what is the? Why can't I think of it? It's a basic word. Why can't I think of it? Harmonize. They would harmonize their vocals. You know, in the beginning of that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's just like, damn. I mean, you don't even know what the song's about yet, and you're already starting to feel all these feelings and. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, it's a, the, the, that part is really a good catch. The song, and, and you did hit something about the guitar. Jerry Cantrell is like one of the best guitarists. Just the way that he can pour it into his guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he like, doesn't he doesn't do like crazy complex stuff. He doesn't do lots of solos. But the thing is, he finds ways with just little tricks to throw in tons of feeling into it. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with your podcast player. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get to the uh, mute. I've got six gloves because uh, I'm like staining some wood. Okay. So um, 
Uh, yeah, I love their harmonies. Guitars are awesome. Yeah, the harmonies are the thing that always gets me with them. Um, and this one, yeah, it's just this kind of droning sound. And, mm-hmm. and their harmonies are actually doing something different than most harmonies. They're going around fifths and fourths and stuff when when everybody else does thirds. So there's something kind of interesting about that. And of course, the first time I ever heard them, I'm like making fun of their, you know, voice. But no, it's still it's like really pioneering for the age, you know. Like nobody's doing anything like that. I mean, uh, they're credited as one of the grunge bands, but they're just a whole other different kind of thing. I think you, if you look at it, I would say that, I mean, because you yeah, got, that's all I got to say. bands, you've got Nirvana, you have Pearl Jam, you have... You there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, hang on a sec. My, my earbud fell out. Okay, now I just got a bunch of uh, stain in my ear. Okay. <laughs> But I was just saying, when you look at like the, the grunge bands, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, I think are the big four. Yeah. And Alice in Chains really is the one that's the more edgy, almost artsy type of grunge band, I think. Um, well, I don't know, though. I don't know. Like, I, I agree with you, except maybe artsy is not the best one because... If you use that word artsy, you can make a big uh, play for uh, uh, two bands being artsy. Uh, fucking uh, Pearl Jam, you could say it's kind of artsy. And then also, uh, fuck, what is this? Uh, uh, what is that? Uh, it's also a grunge band that people overlook. And the, the why can't I think of it? Oh, Jane's Addiction. Jane's oh, Addiction is kind of artsy. Yeah. Jane's well, Maybe maybe I could say instead of artsy, more of like risky. Yeah, 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 I like that. And I think that's really held Allison Chains around for a while because of that that mood that they put into that risky, edgy tone to it. That yeah. it, it kind of inspires a lot more people than I think. I mean, Nirvana inspired a lot of people, but I, I think Nirvana is just your standard. They set the formula for what grunge basically is, but and they're just the formula and and, and simplified formula. Uh, yeah, and also they didn't change things too much. I mean, because yeah. like people talk about grunge a lot as like what came after metal and whatnot, but really yeah. I think it's more an evolution of punk, and you yeah. see that with Nirvana. Yeah. Nirvana yeah. is basically like pop punk, but before mm-hmm. Green Day. Yeah, I, I was um, gonna. You, you mentioned Jane's Addiction, and I probably, in hindsight, probably should have listed Jane's Addiction. Um, got caught stealing. Well, you got oh, another. Yeah. Uh, remember, we're yeah. doing the second round of this, so you got another chance. So, because that one there, yeah, that one that comes up uh, quite a lot in my life, actually. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna do Banana Rama, Cruel Summer. This song here, I bet you, when you listened to it, you were like. Oh, yeah, I've heard this before. And you probably recognize it from the Karate Kid movies. That's supposed to be the first one, I think. It actually might only be in the first one. Now, this one here, like, reminds me of the Karate Kid movies. And what's funny about this one is my um, my pastor is uh, a huge Karate Kid fan. Or at least I think he is. Uh, he gives the impression that he is. Uh, and <laughs> I was playing this at the church one day, and he was writing his sermon and all of a sudden he included references to the karate kid in his sermon and i'm like that song must have reminded them of the movie 
Yeah, it's literally the first place I think of. The first thing I think of when I hear "Girl Summer" is literally just like going to like to the movies or renting the newest Karate Kid movie on videotape. And uh, yeah, I was a huge Karate Kid fan growing up. I'm glad you said what you said about. Um, you probably heard it and thought, "Oh yeah, I know this song." I'm gonna kind of echo that by saying, Ben, this song is what I would say the most powerful song in the whole list. Because I know, I, I know that I, you know, when I saw this on here, I'm like, oh my God, he put on Cool Summer. That's freaking awesome. Because if you take all of the 80s, because yeah, it, it does remind me of Karate Kid, which is also that 80s, mm-hmm. that 80s era. Exactly. Cruel Summer is probably the, the, the song out of all of the 80s, even factoring like Michael Jackson, everything like that, that sums up. The 80s. It's the most like, 80s song in the 80s. <laughs> it's, 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 dude, I've, I actually sung this like two years ago at karaoke in Japan because I'm like, dude, this song is so freaking phenomenal. I, I want to actually do this song because I will sing this. Like, I, you know, I, there's probably like every month this, will, this song will pop in my head and I'll start start singing it. Because it's it just reminds me of that the, the childhood my childhood reminds me of the whole '80s vibe yeah and, and everything. Um, Even I mean, the video it's like they're in '80s 1980s New York. Yeah, you can tell if it's the '80s or the '70s, so it's early '80s. You can tell. And and I love how the 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 chorus has that kind of change because. Of, it's got that that second part to it that you're not expecting, like you know, you know, it's a cruel, cruel summer leaving me, and you don't expect that. You just got to get hit with that. Um, I don't know if you guys, know. If, if you guys seen the Cobra Kai show. Oh yeah, but, and they slow it. They have a cover of it, which is actually bad. They 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 play. Um, there's a remade version of. Yeah. Uh, oh shit! I'm turning down the main volume. That's gonna. I can't won't be able to hear you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, they 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 have a remake. A remade version of this song, and it's like very like softly done. It really like it really makes you pay attention to the actual words of the song. Yeah, it fits it, it, the the mood of the song kind of fits the song a little better. Like yeah, these versions, the mood of the music it, really hits you and makes you kind of feel the connection to the song. Yeah, because like if you listen to the Banana Rama, the original version of it, it's like it sounds almost like it's like a, a happy song, and it's yeah. not, yeah. not at all. <laughs> you know, it's called so, Cruel Summer for a reason. <laughs> so I am very glad you put this on your list. Thank you. Ah, oh, you're welcome, Barrett. Yeah, so I step in and I say that. Yeah, I think it was a good choice for the the very last thing that you said, which is that it dupes you. It makes you think, oh, you know, this is a happy song, whatever. So even, but if you actually pay attention to the lyrics, it's it's a kind of a dark tale. Mm. But the fact that you get duped is evidence that, at least initially, it gave you that reaction. It made you feel kind of happy and like, oh yeah, and you're you're bopping your head along to it and stuff. So it's perfect for this list. Does anybody else do the head turn whenever they do that part of the song? I'd have to say, though, like, and this, granted, this is just a quick aside, right? Like, I, I don't want to litigate this, but just playing on what uh, Mike was saying, 
I say for me, I mean, this is pretty 80s, but I don't know. I think maybe my number one most 80s sounding song would be Tainted Love. Hmm. Sorry. But anyway, that's all I got to say. Okay. Matt? You got the stain, you got to take the gloves off? Okay, I'm back. All right. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to put the music on. I'm on my phone now. Okay. Die. So, um, all right. So, uh, when I heard this, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I just remember this is just some, you know, whatever pop song. And I'm listening to it thinking, okay, maybe it's going to have deep lyrics or something. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking you guys are playing a joke on me to see what I'm going to say because I'm not getting it. You know, it's not emotional to me at all. Sorry. Matt, Matt is anti karate kid. I want to point that out. Oh, you are? Matt, I am the anti karate kid. Matt will only watch the Will Smith karate kid. No, dude. Like being a you, you have to like the Karate Kid to be my friend. That's like one of the rules. Sorry. It was cool when I was a kid. Because <laughs> I was. I work for a guy that teaches me like he's Mr. Miyagi. I get these lessons. It's like <laughs> I do a job. At the end of it, he's like, "Did you get the lesson?" No, actually, that's. that's <laughs> That'd be kind of yeah, cool. That'd be cool. kind of cool. Like you end up doing all this random stuff, and then you find out you learned karate in the process. Yeah. That's probably how they sold the movie. All right. So this one here, this is uh, more about the artist than the actual song. I just kind of picked like the song that she's probably the most known for. Uh, that's Paula Abdul, Straight Up. Yeah. When I was a kid, she was like my celebrity crush. Oh yeah. So. I was like, I had like all her, well, I didn't like actually own any of her tapes. I had copies of all of her tapes. <laughs> I was still a kid. I know the money for this stuff. But uh, yeah, and then, um, yeah, so it, I used to just like the opposites to track. I used to love that video. Uh, actually, I probably should have listened to that song, but that was the one where they had the, uh, the animation and she's dancing around with the, uh, with the cat. MC Scat Cat, I think his name was. MC Scat Cat. That's exactly oh, that's his name. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, MC Scat Cat. Such an 80s thing. I know. Everybody was MC this and MC that. And then when he went to the 90s, all of a sudden he became Hammer. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to pull up opposites of track. I'm looking for the song right now. Um, oh, here it is. With MC Scat Cat. I don't know why I didn't list this song instead. And think, I actually, I think after I sent you the email, Mike, I went and said I, I listed the wrong song. <laughs> this video's ridiculous. Uh, so, so let's talk about Straight Up. We can talk about Straight Up. Okay, so here we go. I That's didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. So I'm, I have the satisfaction of saying to Paula Abdul, that's a no for me. You know what's funny? I pulled up the video here on, and it's on a, Apollo Abdul's official YouTube channel. And mm. next to it, it is saying that this is from a Goofy movie. And I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. This song came out in like 1980 something. Sorry. Multi million dollar company can't get their facts straight. <laughs> That's all I want to say about the song, really, to be honest. Oh, okay. I, I jump in. Yeah, I don't know that this is necessary, in my opinion, at least, the best for the list, just because 
Well, I guess I guess if it's it's for the list because it evokes emotion in you. Yeah, it's like, like what I, it doesn't do as much for me now. Paula do herself. Oh my gosh, yeah, she evokes a lot in me. But but the song by itself, uh, I mean, I like the song. I listen to the song like anytime I go into my '80s playlist. But like, it doesn't make me feel anything in particular. I'm sorry, I'm watching her go up and down a staircase. She was a so she was a cheerleader, right? That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Laker girl. Yeah. So many Laker girls end up becoming like, um, uh, should I call her a musician, a singer, a dancer? I don't know what she is. Entertainer. A performer, entertainer. There, there you go. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the proximity, you know, just being there in SoCal, you know, who knows? Maybe she met a connection or something. She got an agent and. Yeah, that seems to be what it is. Like, it's location. Because, like, some of them, like, they end up becoming, like, a lot of them, yeah, they become an entertainer in some form or fashion. And it's like, former Laker girl. Now she's a, I don't know, the host of The Tonight Show. I don't know. (laughs) That should be pretty much all you have to say right there when you say entertainer or performer. Not uh now not a musician, and I don't mean to dog on Paula Abdul for saying that because she probably can write her own stuff. But I wouldn't uh, put her as an artist. Yeah, I, I mean it's like it's just like let's take of course you know the three of us probably actually all four of us know like J-pop or K-pop. The yeah. majority of those artists aren't writing their songs; they're giving the song saying, "Hey, do this." Then they're not artists. At that they're point, they're an entertainer. That's the difference between an artist and a performer. If you write and perform your own music, you're an artist. But if I you think, only do, if or you're just a writer or you're just a performer. And I think when you do that, when you when you write and perform your own thing, you're going to have a lot more invested into it, mm-hmm. where you can put that feeling out. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean. So. Yeah, and that's why, like, when you see in K-pop, like, you won't see anybody writing their own stuff until, like, either if they were already underground, like, um, yeah. like Ellie, like Ellie was already underground. So they, in order to, in order to get her to sign a contract, they probably had to go and say, hey, you can write some stuff, uh, and, but or you have to have been there for so long yeah. that you just kind of grandfathered your way up to that point. Yeah, or like Ellie, which I don't don't want to really dog on Ellie, but. She's like, all right, well, I, I can write now. I wrote this hit song for my group, so I'm going to write another song that sounds exactly like it, and then I'm going to write another song that sounds exactly like it. <laughs> well, they're called Up and Down, Up and Down 2, Up and Down 3, basically. Demaco? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Picking up my mask. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking forward to what you guys say because I was, when I got to this song on the list, I'm like, okay, now I know for sure you guys are just messing with me to see what I'm going to say. I know this is a total joke. Sorry. I, I know it's you guys are serious. When everybody, when everybody was ripping on the Genesis because they wanted to see what I would say. <laughs> yes. I could tell you're just messing with me. I was just having fun listening to you guys try to like try to make something out of that. Are you convinced that my entire song list is just to put on for you? No. Okay. Actually, one of the songs I thought was incredible. Go ahead. 
Um, okay, so um, yeah, when I got to this, I'm like, okay, no, you guys are totally messing with me. That's all. But uh, actually, I thought you were just kind of being lazy and just being goofy, and now you guys are talking talking to each other. The idea behind the song list is songs that like you know have some kind of meaning to you. Like for me, that usually means they bring me back to a time. Not that they're necessarily good. Okay, well I can get that. <laughs> yeah. Is this powerful emotional song? Well, okay, I guess interpretations, whatever. I I, I'm still pretty pretty convinced you're you're just messing with me. Matt, Matt, all music subjective. You can listen to something that I say is amazing, and and you'll say it's crap. I can listen to something you say amazing, and I'll say it's crap. It's happened many times before, so. You know. I get it. I get that completely, but I still think you guys are messing with me. There's people. There, there, there's people who go their whole life thinking that their mother's got the sweetest voice, and she sounds like uh, an ostrich giving birth. And, <laughs> well, plot twist: they are an ostrich. I like that analogy. I'm gonna remember that. And on that note, we're talking about straight up by Paul Abdul. What's that? That note, we're talking about straight up by Paul Abdul. <laughs> I don't think Austin, hey, Austin, she's not that bad. But she's anyway, like too kind. She can sort do it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again because I, I think we need to emphasize it. Bye bye bye. Bye bye bye. I yeah. stand that part. Okay. Well, you know, Mike. All right. Moving along. Watch, watch, watch this segue. This is gonna be a good segue. You know, Mike and guys, this whole thing they make these songs because they're trying to make. Money. Bye bye bye. Bye bye bye. No, they want to bye 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 some stuff. It's Pink Floyd. Money. This song here. Um, when I was once again bring me back to a time when I was a kid. It was like one of my favorite songs, and it was simply just because of the sound on the cash register. I would want my stepfather to play it just to play the beginning over and over and over again. Yeah, here to play it now. This is yeah, a good song. I think it's one of my all-time favorite bands. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Because I was going to jump off that. Go ahead. I do love it at the beginning, like the bass comes in. Oh, that's it's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, I the, the problem now with the song is it reminds me of Italian Dog, which you know isn't it? Is I think it's a good movie. But now when I think of money, I think of Italian job. So I've got that kind of weird connection to it. Um, I, I do have one thing about this, and, and I don't know if I should say if this is powerful or if this is bad, and I kind of want to get your guys' idea on this, but when I listen to the way that the rhythm goes with the song, it feels like it's just kind of like a monotonous thing, like, like I'm going through specific motions that are just you know standard mo repetitive motions and the the reason why i say it, i don't know if it's a bad thing or not because technically it sounds bad mm -hmm. but if you think of what the song's talking about and you think of how people make money and the majority of the people have to make money by going to a job that is repetitive motions all the time doing the same thing that bores them i wonder if that could be actually intentional in a way Dude, I, I bet you dollars to donate. Exactly. It's definitely. So, no, I, I don't. I think that the, the guitar solo at the end kind of makes a, sag, a song drag on a little too long. 
because you still have that kind of motion to it. But I mean, that's what I pick up with it. And I, I don't know if it's a song that I, I, it's a song I admire, but I don't, it's not the song that I'd want to listen to like all the time. So. Yeah. Like Pink Floyd is one of those things where like it's an artistic force that is in good company to get what was needed. They get the gold out of the artistic force. When I'm talking about it, Roger Waters and David Gilmore, they obviously don't get along. Um, they, they can mean they had, a, they, they broke up and court issues and all that shit. And, but you think about it, maybe they worked really well together because who, you know, other than those, like the, the three albums of with the Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall, and uh, Wish You Were Here, there aren't any really other good Pink Floyd albums. I mean, yeah, Animals came out at the same time with the same setup of guys, but it's like, that one's kind of like a forgotten one. But like, the, you know, since then, I mean... What was it? The, the something bells, I guess, was all right, but it really hasn't been much for Pink Floyd, and Roger Waters really hasn't done much on his own. That was, that was kind of like the magic connection to have that group of guys. So that maybe maybe Roger needed to have them to push back, so that not all of his ideas went out there, only the good stuff. <laughs> you know, the artists need that. They need a filter. Yeah, yeah. They come up with a lot of crap, but there's gold in that crap. <laughs> yeah. Say, oh yeah. This is yeah. Cool, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, I'll jump in. Uh, so I, I think with what you were saying, uh, Mike, I just want to reiterate that that I, I think you're spot on, and, and that's really I think why this is a good choice of the list. Because I think that in doing that repetition and really through the music driving home the theme. It does make you feel something. It makes you feel that kind of monotonous oh, yeah. and dull and, and whatnot. Of it's the point of the song. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it is very emotion evoking. Yeah, I want to say negative emotion, but that's the point. I want to say really quick, Barrett, when you mentioned that, because you know, what I was thinking was, you know, do 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 do. I feel like I'm like pounding on a keyboard, click 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 click. So that's kind of where I, I kind of kind of felt, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's what they're going for. And so, yeah, I think it is very, like, it's, it's perfect for this list. Yeah. Okay. Matt? We're still here, folks. Matt, Matt okay, says you hear me? likes it. Okay, you there? Yeah. Hello? No, we're, we're not here anymore, Matt. We've left. Uh, <laughs> please leave a message on your take on money after the beep. Beep. Uh, hello, um, guys. I wanted to tell you that the song was cool. Great song. <laughs> it's all right, you know. It's a good song. No, no, it's actually classic. Good stuff, man. Um, I like this one a lot. Um, uh, I I'd never felt the emotion of it myself personally, but but I just love the uh, the the kind of uh, ideas, the, the rhythm, everything about it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. So, um, yeah, they're, they're funky stuff. And now Mike has this kind of rhythm in, in some of the music he, he comes up with, with, with a doom da doom da do do or something like kind of this jumpy thing going on, you know, that he's got in some of his music. And uh, and it's actually just totally right in line with that kind of rhythm, you know. Uh, let's trip. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think 
they were probably talking about how you know the whole album's kind of about a lot of things like you know they're they're uh, the guy going insane but also mm. um you know them you know experiencing this whole other world where you know um like all of a sudden uh <laughs> you know the whole world's different you know i mean the, you know you you have access to everything and you're just like royalty you know it's 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 mm. interesting to hear somebody's perspective from that you know but yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to say like mike I, I really did like the point that you had on it where it was like it sounded it ended up becoming like a mundane thing of the same rhythm over and over again kind of like how life is and making money yeah. is. yep Okay, next up, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Other Side. I've been waiting. You've been waiting for this one? Uh, this, the, the one this is a song um, that it, it, it was uh, when I went on a road trip with my cousin. We sang the entire Red Hot Chili Peppers Greatest Hits album. And this was like, this is just my favorite song from them. So as just that, that takes me back to like that road trip, and also like just you know when Red Hot Chili Peppers was big and that that happened in my life. But it um, and it's just they're just a great band. They're a lot of fun to listen to, even though a lot of their songs can be also be um, pretty heavy stuff. But as long as you're not paying attention to the lyrics, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> heroin? I didn't I didn't pick up heroin from that song. <laughs> Um, referring to All right. That. Okay. So I, I do want to say one thing really quick, though, because you sent it with the video, and I, I, I had to minimize it because I can't watch this video ever because it's like this twisted Roger Rabbit Dark City type thing, type vibe to it. Yeah. And it, it just kind of ruins the actual song for me. Um, Honestly, it's dude, like Rooster. Watching the video right now. I've never watched the video. I just looked for the videos to share for you guys, but I listened to just. I, I never watched the video for this song ever. This is my first time seeing. I highly recommend it. Highly. I'm like I'm I'm just scrubbing through it now. Just oh yeah, it's like a those paint weird and trippy. Wall, like, I think it works. So, all right, so um, so just like Rooster. I mean, this was my favorite song on this album when it came out. It 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 kind of faded away to me, but I'm gonna say this: it's it's still like a, a fantastic song, um, and just it, the the poetry and the way that the song's written is is gonna hit you hard. Um, I will. Anthony Kiedis was when we were doing the you know picking the band members. Anthony Kiedis was one of those I considered for the singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, i mean overall you know no matter what it's about it's overall it's a total it's just a a, a, a total soothing song just the way it works yeah but the thing about red hot chili peppers when i talk about anthony kiedis being one of the best singers the thing is he's not the best person in the group i think personally john frusante is just like that dude is just freaking amazing He's whacked out, though, and, mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously has some serious problems. Um, but, I mean, the, the parts where he's singing and hitting that high note, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, oh, my gosh, dude, it just hits hard. And um, that is, when we talk about, you know, Kirk, 
Hamlet. I don't know. Am I close to his last name this time? Hamlet. <laughs> Kirk, when, I, when you talk about Kirk Hamlet, you know, to, to, to play or not to play. Master, that's master of puppet or and, not master of puppet. And, and you know, he's got the... John Frusante is that guitarist that can take... And this is this song is 100% this. Take a four-note guitar solo and make it sound so freaking epic that it just blows blows your mind and you listen to it and you're like dude that was like four notes mm. and it's just so straight basic but it's it's played so much with the heart that it, it sounds just monumental and there's i don't think there's as enough guitarists that can do that well, it's like that old thing where they did the old joke. It's like learn three guitar, uh, like how many guitar, well, how many chords does a does a guitar, um, a metal guitar player know? Three. Yeah. You know. Of course, he's he's the dude's completely crazy because he ever heard a sing the single album. He's got that. What is that? What I remember from it, your pussy's glued to building that's on fire. So either that is some really whacked out sexual innuendo or the dude is just off the deep end. You want to talk about sexual innuendo. So we were prepping for our annual outdoor concert and we were thinking, um, I guess we were talking about doing um, a secular set, like of like just regular rock music. And they wanted to do Thunderstruck. And my buddy was supposed to sing it. And we're in the car, and he's listening to songs so he can learn the words. And so, like while we're listening to the words, I just look at him. I say, "Dude, this whole song's about sex. We can't do it." <laughs> <laughs> and that just killed it. But yeah, you're talking about you were just talking about in the windows. It's like yeah, some songs like you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, "I don't think this song's about what the words are saying." <laughs> So I'm going to jump in here, and yeah, I also, I agree. I think Red Hot Chili Peppers is really good at evoking emotion. Mm. And and yeah, definitely. John Frusciante does, like, really beautiful and haunting and memorable, even if simple, guitar lines. And and I think it's a really good marriage. Just like what we were saying with the the harmonizing and Alice in Chains, here mm. they harmonize, maybe not through the vocals, but it's it's the vocal and the guitar harmonize really well mm. and play on each other and stuff and um but i also give props to flea though because i think flea brings the the secret sauce which is the funkiness that all their songs have even the songs that aren't that you wouldn't overall classify like i wouldn't call this one a funk song but like if you listen to the bass line the bass line still is a little funky mm -hmm. i think that's just I, it's not really appropriate for this. I don't think that helps with the emotion that much, but I think it's just an interesting thing that makes them unique. Well, that actually, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Flea, to be honest. I I, I don't think he, I, I don't look at him like, oh my gosh, Flea's God, like, like a lot of bass players and stuff do. But I, I think what you just mentioned, what you're talking about here with the, the funk part, he actually knows how to fill out the song so that, John can put those parts because if you think about the part where he John's just going the bass line is or something like that. He's filling that that open space so that 
the guitar can lay back and just hit and still strike you. Yeah. 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 That's a damn fine way to put it. You just got to be glad that, you know, he, he's wearing clothes while he's playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of crazy people in this band. Like, basically, everyone but the drummer is insane. Yeah, the drummer is Will Smith. Do you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Did you see the, uh, what, I don't remember what show it was. It was a Jimmy Fallon, I think, where is Will Smith and Chad, or Will, Will Ferrell and Chad Smith together. Yeah, yeah, they were, they did a drum competition because they both kind of look the same. It's like yeah. Chad Smith looks like an older Will Ferrell, which Will Ferrell looks old to begin with. So it's <laughs> and the, the, the interview, though, the interview was the funny part. He was like the Chad Gojus. <laughs> Remember, like Will, Will Ferrell, like he looks like this. He looks like a forty-year-old guy, and he was playing a high school cheerleader on SNL. Mm -hmm. Right, so, yeah, uh, Mike pretty much nailed everything about this thing. It's uh, yeah, um, uh, Mike introduced me to this album, and it's uh, it's awesome. The uh, the harmonies, I love the most. Um, you know, everything about it's awesome. I have you know my driving playlists and stuff. I even had like burned CDs, you know, for for on the road, and it's like Chili Peppers. You know, it's perfect for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole album, it's got the perfect balance of, of, of rhythm, um, melody, mm. uh, pop, and, and rock and funk and all that stuff. It's awesome. Um, yeah, this whole album is awesome. Yeah. I like singing along to this song. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> and then there was one. And then there was one... All right, so this one here, uh, you guys well, probably the first time hearing this song. Um, this is So Will I uh, from Hillsong. Um, it was originally from Hillsong United, but this particular version is from Hillsong as a like a total group. Hillsong is this giant church in Australia, and they got like three bands that are like international, like super bands. And uh, this is like all their bands together forming one super group. And uh, this song... Um, <clears throat> when I was first dabbling around, like looking into uh, Christianity and stuff, this is pretty much the song that like caught me. This is this was this was the hook, and uh, it's yeah, it's just I just think it's a really really good song. Oh my gosh, you can go and uh, click the link here. It's like the way it starts off with like the strings playing, and it just yeah, it just grabbed me. It's the way the song is. Starts off, you know, stuff soft, nice, and then like, you listen to the words, and like some of the words um, in one of the verses, like in particular, hit me. It's funny because um, Ben, I, I kind of I, I take notes of all the songs I listen to about what I'm going to say, and and I put these as last notes, and 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 I didn't know if I wanted to ask you this or not, but the two questions that I actually wrote word for word was without the religious religious meaning would it have an impact and was the song was this the song that converted you um and it's kind of interesting that you, you've already kind of answered those questions in a way okay you're saying about it um yeah I mean, and, and, and this this church here like they're um like they're huge 
first of all. Like, they actually have, like, a subscription service. You can pay $15 a month to watch as many videos as you want from them. It's crazy, you know? Well, yeah. Imagine, imagine you start, like, this is a church that started off in a bingo hall. Imagine starting from a bingo, or a room about the size of a bingo hall. Imagine starting in a bingo hall, and now, like, you're getting people paying $15 a month and paying $35 a month for loot boxes. They get a lot of, you can imagine, they get a lot of shit, too, because of stuff like this. But So, now, and the thing is, I put those at, at the end of my notes, because I didn't know if I wanted to really bring that up, because I wanted to really stay to try to keep it a musical standpoint. Um, I think, though, that with what I want to mention about the song, I don't think I can. I didn't really want to get into a religious standpoint, but there's there's what I want to say about the song is it's it's a it's a really good song, mm. really great singer to it. It's yeah, no, she's really good. Um, it's overproduced. Oh yeah, and it's in so way, and, and the thing is, <laughs> what's that? I'm sorry. I said all her shit's overproduced. It's still song. So, and this is the thing that, and this is where I didn't want to get into religion, but it kind of goes into that, is that I, when I hear stuff like this, I don't really like it as much because it, it, it goes to, when you look at a religious standpoint, who's it catering to? Um, and, and I say that because I used to have a you know, chapel at my high school all the time, and it started out with just a guy playing guitar as worship. And, you know, and that's where the, the, the one song hit me, which was... Um, you know, our God is an awesome God. Um, and that's kind of a song that's always stuck with me. Um, but I noticed that the group started growing and he got a two guitarist and he got a drummer and he got a keyboardist and a bassist. And then there was that one song that came out that everybody loves singing. And it's like, you know, if you want to look at this as a religious standpoint, what is it that what is it the the this these songs are, are really catering to? Is there the focus on the worship, or does it become the I like that song, so I want to sing that? And I mean, if you look at it from the religious standpoint of, of God, God would doesn't care if you're banging pots in the kitchen and singing out of key versus playing in something that's overproduced. And and singing it to him, it's 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 you know the same uh, same you know um, importance I guess you could say either way you look at it. So when I look at these overproduced things, it feels like more of an entertainment to the people than an actual worship. Okay. I could be wrong though, but that's just kind of it, it seems more of like we're going to have somebody sing and it's going to be overproduced. To entertain you, to to make you want to be here, you know what I mean. You, you, you're getting it exactly right. What this is, okay. So when um, Jesus, uh, I forget, this was in Matthew. He was um, recruiting his disciples. He recruited Peter, and he said, "Come with me. We are. You're not going to be fishers of men." And that is what I do. That is what my church does. We're fisher of men. We want you to come in and say, oh, wow, actually, I had a good time. Oh. We want you to saying, like, wow, that message was boring as all hell. I almost fell asleep. And part of that with Hillsong. Hi, baby. 
Yeah, my my wife and nephew just got home. Okay, mute your mic. But we just lost Barrett. We lost Barrett. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was going to go and say like uh, you're right on the money. Okay. A lot you were saying there, Mike. Um, it is a, a lot of kind of like you know, hey, flashy thing over here. Come and look and see what we're doing. Uh, also, you have to have a certain level of production to be at the level that they're they're, they're trying to be at. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I constantly hate the idea of overproducing stuff. Um, I was going to bring up the point that if I had like to see something that's overly produced, or um, there's this one girl who's one of our musicians and she's she's kind of going through a hard time. And she will every once in a while go on Instagram and just play piano, and you could see that you could see she's playing through her issues. Yeah, I'd much rather watch somebody be raw like that and show mm-hmm. raw emotion where they're yeah. crying at the end because mm-hmm. everything they're going through than to watch something that is produced so much and where every note is absolutely perfect and the lighting's perfect. And mm. the looks are perfect, and the hair is perfect, and the makeup's perfect. You know, it's because it, it, music is a uh, window to the soul. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, when you see somebody playing from the heart, you could see. And it's in like that with any art form, really. Yeah. You know, someone like, I, I always talk about like the original Battlestar Galactica television show, horribly written, well, horrible mm. show. But I enjoyed watching it because everybody who was in the in the show seemed to be having so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was contagious. Yeah. You know, it's like the same thing with church and with worship. And like you go and you see a Hillsong show, and they're going to be up on stage, and they're going to be full of energy, and they're having a good time mm-hmm. because that's going to reflect to the to the audience, and then it becomes a feeding thing. And all of a sudden, the the audience feeds off of you, and now you're starting to feed off the audience to keep your energy level up, so you can give them more energy. And it's yeah. And that's why I love being in the room when we have like a really good like night, which doesn't happen too often because I have to be in the back room doing back stuff. But gotcha. yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think about it then in that light. I just kind of thought about it as, uh, you know, when people are singing it, I, it, are they being sincere or are they just singing it because they enjoy the song? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, uh, it, it, it's a little bit of it, it's they're doing it because they're enjoying the song. I watched the documentary about Hillsong uh, as well, oh. and. <laughs> The guys in Hillsong, a lot of them don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're going on this world, and I thought that's bullshit, actually, because I see how much money they're pulling in. I'm like, these guys aren't getting paid. Yeah. They're the fucking ones making you the money. <laughs> you know? You're going to go and like have, have the harvesters go out in the field all day, and they can't even eat afterwards? That's mm-hmm. bullshit. You know? But whatever. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Sorry. I wanted to, um, I, I messaged Barrett and, and asked him, because he had to go, if there was anything you wanted me to say. Um, and, um, he said oh, yeah. that I think it's it's designed to make, make the I guess, the listener feel small as opposed to the epicness of the universe and make, made me feel that strongly. Yeah. So... And, and 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 when you say like to make you feel little, I mean I I, I take it as meaning like you know when you think of like your your problems mm-hmm. and like yeah. it's not really much compared to like what else is going on. It's 
what's the uh we're just a, a hill of a hill of beans in this crazy world to uh to quote one of my favorite movies <laughs> the misquoted it's okay you tried i tried have you seen castle blocker you're like yelling at your radio right now Hey, I was going to say something about the song. Please do. Okay. okay, so um, this one was by far the most emotional of all the songs on your on your list. Like, by a huge amount. I love Metallica. No, it's I, the only one to imply suicide, I think. No, actually, you might yeah. not have been the only one to imply suicide now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, you know, obviously you guys know I'm not a spiritual person. And, uh, I mean, I went to Catholic school for a little while and stuff. And, um, you know but, what? I thought a lot of people who went to Catholic school ruined it. Ruins it. Yeah, I kind of did a little bit. Like, there was a girl that I dated, like, and we, I went and I friended her on Facebook recently. And then she looked like, I could tell she was looking through my, my post. And all of a sudden she unfriended me. Wow. And, and I know she went to Catholic high school. And I'm like, it's some Catholic high schools, man. Some people they come out of it and it just ruins the whole the whole experience. Just ruins it for them. They don't well, do it. Yeah, that I, I can see some of that, but but I I, I don't know if if, it, if you feel it, feel it. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily going to do the, uh, the the trick. I mean, because like you know, at at pretty much all points in my life, uh, there wasn't much you could do to to get me to into into that whole mentality, but. Um, Watch the chosen. Do you watch TV shows? You like good shows? Watch the chosen. Hmm. And just take it as a TV show. Don't even take it as it's global cult. Just take it that I'm watching a TV show and to see if you like it. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, remind me about that at some point because uh, I'm in the middle of doing stuff. I can't write it down. But um, I'll, I'll yeah. So the interesting thing. What was that? I'll send you a message on it because there's an oh, app cool. for, for like watching it free on. Yeah, yeah so it's cool. I, you get the watcher for free, and then they ask if you want to donate to help, to, like, to actually pay. You know, <laughs> like afterwards, they're like, "Hey, you know, this costs money to do." <laughs> That's kind of like how we are at my church. It's like we don't charge you for anything, but like we're like, you know, you do know that this does cost money. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, um, you know, talking about you know how how what are they. What's their motivations in the song? Well, there's so many religious songs in history. You know, if you think about it, like like all the European history that we, you know, all the European music that influenced us and everything that we all, you know, grew up on and and our, you know, ancestors did, is is almost all like religious, like almost all of it. It's yeah. absurd. And and so I I see it that way that that you know you can have your own perspectives and and yeah it, it is a mega church but. Um, um, it, it had me crying. I mean, now there's. Uh, I probably told you at one point that you know that um, that you know when I found myself uh, uh, when I was uh, you know being told that I was going to die, I found myself finding a little bit more uh, spiritual. In fact, a lot more. But um, well, number one, I, I never knew that you actually had a time when, in your life that happened. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's, it's the old saying that there, there's no atheists in foxholes. Like, like when death is literally around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's convenient to, to reach for it when uh, at certain times I know, but uh, but no, I, I I can I can feel the song, and I can I can. The thing is, I'm not an atheist. I'm 
I'm some sort of. Uh, um, uh, You're agnostic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you believe and, there's a God? Do you believe in Jesus? Uh, I believe Jesus existed. I'm not sure if he was the Son of God, but I think he's uh, a person, and I I like the teachings a lot. But yeah, you know, that, that's like that's the like agnostic is basically like you you believe there's something you just don't know why. Well, not even that. I yeah, exactly. I don't have any of the answers, you know. Yeah. And um, like, um, here's the thing. I I know a lot of atheists, and I like to play, you know, what I call God's advocate, and uh, um, say, okay, well, here's the thing, you know, uh, if you think about it like this, and you think about it like that, you know. Um, and I, I could tell you, talk to you about it, and it might offend you, but uh, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, but I ahead. actually, I, oh well, when somebody will say, you know, you know, come on, you know, seriously, you know, come on, there's no God, really. And and I'm, and I'll be like, okay, well, yeah, I can I can see what you're saying, but um, there's also um, the idea of, okay, what is God? He's he's something we don't know. He's 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 what a scientist would call an alien. If there's a God, he'd be an alien, right? He'd be something that's outside of our time, something we can't come close to comprehending. And so could it be possible there could be some being out there that could be so incredibly advanced that it could comprehend everything on a scale that's just sounds ridiculous to us? That's uh, funny because when you say that, I'm trying to think of what movie it was, but there's a movie where it's it's like this epic movie that's going on, and then at the very end, I want to say it's like a Marvel movie. It it scroll it, it zooms out of our world into the into the universe through our galaxy into multiple galaxies, and all ends up in the in the size of a marble where the you aliens think, are. Thinking of Men in Black. Oh, that's Men in Black. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Black. Yeah, no, uh, and, and what you're talking about, that is a common philosophy. Like, the, you, there's the whole idea of, like, um, my boss is a huge fan of The Matrix. And I've never sat there and talked to him about whether or not this falls into his philosophy or not. It kind of fits in the mind, though, because if you talk about, like, how, what some of the stuff that Jesus did and talked about in the Gospels, you could almost do matrix-like stuff if your belief is strong enough. Like you know, you can make the spoon bend type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. You know, and then like, so I'm wondering if that's why he likes the movie so much. I just know that he's like he's he's counting down to the day that this fourth movie comes out, even though I think it's gonna suck. But whatever. <laughs> and yeah. So it, it, yeah. you know, and, and there's like. And that's what philosophy is, is when you go and you think like, okay, um, why did God create man then? Like if he, did he, what does he need us for? And it comes up, like the philosophy on that is, well, you know, he was lonely. Hmm. Literally what it comes down to, that's the, like the, the philosophy that at least I go by, is that he was lonely. It was like he wanted us to, to love him. He wanted a family. And he had the ability to make one. So he did. And then we went through the whole thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I really want, if we should get into religion here. No, I think it's okay. There's, we don't have, you know, people to piss off, you know. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing is that when people think about, you know, oh, you know, this person's, this person's good. 
you know, and this person's bad. And I don't understand why this bad person, you know, would, would you know, quote, unquote, give him to heaven, but this good person wouldn't. And, and Ben, you kind of were talking about it with him creating family. There's always an, there's an analogy I have to this on um, if you were to get a knock on the door at night, let's say you're a father and you have two kids and you're to get a knock on the door and you open it up and it's, you know, say like a son of yours that, that you have no connection to anymore because, you know, at one point they ran away from home and then they killed people and they're in jail and they're sitting there at your doorstep and they're like, you know, I'm sorry, I did so many things that were bad. I did so many things that were wrong, but I, I don't want to be like that anymore. I, I don't, I don't want to be this bad person. I, I want to be something good for you to be proud. And I, 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 you know, I've done so much wrong. I hope that you can forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. And I really need your help just to get back on track. Are, are you going to slam the door in their face? Or are you going to be like, I understand, come in. Mike, why are, First, you, why are you the third source this week that's reminding me of the story of the prodigal son? Well, uh, no, uh, no, hold on. Then you have the second, the second one that comes home and knocks on the door and says, oh, hey, Dad, yeah, I just want to let you know um, I solved world hunger. I cured cancer. I, I contribute to so many things that have made the world better. But you know what, Dad? F you. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say anything. But F you. I hate you. I don't even think you should be around. I wish you were dead. And I deserve to be in your house. So get out of the way and let me in. Are you going to let that person in? Is that person family? And and that's kind of the, the way that I, you know, look at it. And I don't know. I kind of... What you said, Ben, that got me on this track. But I mean, that—that's. Oh yeah, the thing about wanting to create a family, because you know, normally when you look at it, you look at it just basically the good versus evil. You know what I mean? <coughs> Sorry, man. Jeez, I'm bad tonight. I don't have a cough button or anything. You sure that isn't the uh, um, zombie growl or a, or a bear? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on, Mike. So th that's kind of where I wanted to end is like, would you let would you let the first person in or slam the door in the face? Would you let the second person in or slam the door in the face? You know? Uh, honor, because, honor thy father and mother. Yeah. It, it's exactly. Like... <clears throat> okay, so there's this... Um... Jesus was teaching some people, and his mother came along with one of his brothers. So one of his disciples comes and this is Jesus, your mother and your brother are here. You know, and he expecting him to stop everything he's doing to go and greet them. And he goes like, "Well, I'm among my family." Basically saying, "These are my brothers. These are my mothers." Mm -hmm. You know, anybody who does my father's will is my my mother and my brother. Mm -hmm. Because you can't be the father. There's only one of us. Um, and um, but that was the whole point of like the the the, the family, and it's the family of Christ and the family of God. And it's, it's like, and and you know, talking about like going to the Catholic school and now you have no interest in it anymore. And like I said, I've heard that so many times. 
And I can imagine how many times, like, my, my pastor's heard it. He's been doing this his entire life. And it's like, it's, you get this horrible experience. It's like if you went to, it's like if you went to Disney World and you only went on the teacups. And now the rest of your life, whenever somebody goes and says, I'm taking my kid to Disney World, you go and say, don't bother. It's a waste of money. The teacups suck. <laughs> and that's how it is for a lot of people. They only experience this really bad part of it. And, and it's in an early part of their life, and it turns it off. It just turn, turns them off to it. And it's just. And it's funny that you mentioned Catholic school, because when I think Catholic, like, like the overall, the, the way that that religion works versus, you know, the, going back to the song, and we're talking about it being overproduced, at least what I was saying is overproduced, um, and it kind of a set formula to be overproduced. Catholicism has its, its, its rituals and traditions mm. to where it's, you know, and, and that's what you see, that, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, and, you know, five Hail Marys, blah, 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 or, or you must pray these exact words. And, you know, I think a lot of people get, get hung up in that and, and it's, it's just more of a, you know, um, something that is, is a set way of, to do things versus, you know, the whole family thing. And, and I don't know if they really, Catholicism really has that family thing. I have, okay, so my other podcast um, uh -huh. is a religious one, it's biblical, but it's, it's, it's actually my Bible study group. And... Um, the Catholics are a regular target of ours. <laughs> we we can I consider them at least the modern day Pharisee, which if you remember from the New Testament, the Pharisees were the Jewish leaders of the time who considered the rules to be more important than yeah. God, pretty much. Yeah. Like you know, you're gonna make it to heaven as long as you follow the rules. Like it's a video game or a board game. You know, they, they basically played it like it's a board game. They, they played life like it's a board game. <laughs> mm, yeah. And that's not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> you know, it's like, as long as you don't do these rules, you can do whatever else you want as long as you follow these rules. And oh, you like, know what that reminds me of? Oh, um, uh, my wife had a boss at one time um, who was not a good boss. And um, she, she would, you know do crazy bad bad things like bad and like oh, I don't need to get into details but um but then she would ask for forgiveness and then be okay with it and it's like that that's how Jesus works in a way it's say like okay if you went and you robbed a liquor store and you got away with it and you felt bad about it. And you said, sorry, Jesus, I didn't mean to rob the liquor store. I just needed money because I had to feed my family or I needed to get the car repairs so I can get to work or whatever your your reason was. But you, don't, you know, but with the Catholics, they have a thing where you can go to the church and you can put money in the box and you can talk to the guy behind the curtain and you do a penance and your scorecard is erased and you're back down to zero and you can just go rob another liquor store and just do the whole thing to do the whole pattern again yeah. with jesus it's like okay you said you're sorry and you're never going to do it again don't do it again and actually you know what now we go since you mentioned the chosen recently there's a, there's a good part of the chosen that actually 
because because obviously you know we're gonna screw up I, I i know i'm gonna screw up again i don't want to but i know it's i'm gonna screw up again somewhere something's gonna happen but there's a good part where where jesus has said you know something along the lines of just because you're following me did you not think that you were going to mess up again yeah. implying that you know even the the people that that um do follow aren't perfect and they're not going to be perfect and we're going to keep following because we are human yeah. and you know um it's it, it's not just oh you know i did this now all i have to do is just go ask for forgiveness and everything is great no it's like it's you, if you're sincerely asking for forgiveness yeah you know you're 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 striving for this righteousness but you're not going to attain it because you're you're flawed you're human you're going to fall again it's it's the point where you're saying you know what i, I did this wrong i know i did this wrong i i, I want to strive to not do this anymore i want to be strong enough to fight against it so that you know when i get there when I when I before God, I, I what I want to have hear him say is, you know what, you did a great job, and I'm proud of you. Even though you messed up, even though you caused all this pain, you you did the best you could, and you strive to be a better person. The biggest thing that I find in the Bible that pisses Jesus off. Is hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. He would rather, if you were a horrible person who came out and said, I'm a horrible person, be somebody who was horrible who claims to be good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, because basically he can't, you know, like, what can he work with if you don't at least admit that you're a jackass? <laughs> I'm a jackass. Okay, I can work with that. <laughs> Let's fix this, you know. <laughs> I mean, if you think about how many times, a, you know, a day, let's say, do you even screw up? I mean, you know, there's Jesus said that even, you know, if you think bad thoughts about something, you've murdered them. I mean, yeah, because that's, so that, that, that's the whole thoughts leads to actions thing. It's like yeah. you got you to mind your thoughts when you're alone, because number one, it makes it a hell of a lot easier not to do stupid stuff when you're around other people. When, when you're alone, you don't think it's stupid stuff. So, you know. I mean, how many times a day do we fall, basically? Uh, and if we can you know, acknowledge that and and want to strive to not do it and try to fight against it, to that to, I think that's more you know important than than you know just going up. Oh, you know, I'm gonna screw up. So, but later I'll just ask for forgiveness. I'll be fine. And that's what a lot of people that's the attitude that they have. And you just exactly. go and say like, you know, it's. It's a disease. You don't get a cure, and all of a sudden, you're you're you don't go and start taking the medicine, and instantly, whatever's wrong with you instantly goes away. People don't change overnight. Nobody changes overnight. I mean, you might have an epiphany, and that you might like change a part of your life almost immediately. But unless you have like a major life event, like a heart attack. You're not going to just wake up one day and just say, that's it. I'm eating healthy and I'm going to start working out every day. You have to do small changes, you know, yeah. like even in my own life, it's like one degree at a time, one degree at a time, one degree at a time. Yeah. And if you do it too fast, 
you're not going to stick with it. It's like people who go on these yo-yo diets. You know, comparing it to a diet, but it's a lot like that. It's like you're trying to, if you try to change your whole life like that, it's not going to work. And you're also going to end up falling hard, and then you're just going to like, forget it. I always look at it this way. Like you're always going to hit rock bottom. The goal is to make rock bottom less shallow every single time. Yeah. And that's all you can hope. To, that's all you can hope to do. And you know you're going to screw up. I'm looking at some girl's ass right now on Facebook. I'm not like on the page for it. It says ringside news, and it's some girl's ass. Let me change the page. <laughs> uh, I like these deep talks, man. I like I like talking about real stuff, man. I like it, but uh, I'm gonna have to get going though. Yeah, yeah, no, I want to. This eat. is the longest episode I think we've ever had. Yeah, this is also going to be the one that's like going to get the most controversy. Now, before we hit stop, let me clarify a few things. One of my closest friends is a Catholic. He goes to church every Sunday. He's a really good guy. Now, I'm not saying that Catholics are all jerks. Um, okay. A lot of them are. No. <laughs> let's just say, no, let's just say this. I mean, there's, there's good Catholics. There's bad Catholics. There's it's not what you do. Um, it, you know the things you the things you do. It's it's what you sincerely mean. No, a lot of it is also kind of it, it's it's where your heart is. Exactly. Like I I always get like if people come in the church and they're, they're you know they're there on Sunday and they're in a horrible mood and they don't want to be there. Hmm. I don't want you there. Yeah. I want you to give. Because you want to give, not because you feel like you're obligated to do it, because this is how you're going to make up for the fact that you went and stole something over at the store or you did this other horrible thing. You know, it's not, you know, this isn't a, the, the, there's no scale. <laughs> Whatever you do, you're never going to make up for everything wrong you did. You can't. Yeah. You simply can't. That's where you need Jesus. Jesus is the one who balances the scale on for you. you. You just have to like you do the right thing because it makes you feel good. I was talk, talking to somebody today about how much money I make. I'm like, I know I can make three times what I make easily. Make three times what I make somewhere else, but I don't because I've tried all that. It didn't fulfill me. This fulfills me. Yeah. And this right, is our, our episode obligation. <laughs> Well, let's just wrap it up because Matt's going. So, anyone else want to say anything? Last thing. If this goes any longer, this will be the 96th and 97th episode. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. <laughs> and.